0: Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green. We're in the studio at the uh, Charisma Podcast Network and in studio with me, and a, one of our great guests with some friends of his is Bishop Bill Hammond, and Bishop, we're just are so glad to have you here with us. I know that you're here with your ministry, the, the Christian International Ministries, and just as a way of welcome, uh, we bless you in the name of Jesus and ask you to tell us a little bit about
1: your ministry. Well, I've been in the ministry 61 years. And i tell people the first 30 years of my ministry of pastoring five years, evangelizing three years, taught in the Bible college six years, and then built Christian International undergraduate and graduate college for several years. Uh, all of that was mainly preparation for my last, next 30 years because God in 1983 revealed to me that he was going to raise up a company of prophets in the Elijah anointing like he did John the Baptist. Yes. And as John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus' first coming, so this company of prophets would prepare the way and make ready a people for his second coming.
0: You have over 3,000 ministers and churches in your ministry. How are you able to grow that large and with that much influence?
1: Well, we, we just started blessing people and and giving people reality of the presence of the Lord and the power of God. And as we went around the world preaching, people said, "I want, I I feel like I'm identifying." I remember when I first started down, uh, Doctor Steve, I I you know I said, "Lord, if you're calling me to, to pioneer this, because nobody believed in prophets in the '60s and '70s when I started." Just getting started. Now, so I said, you're going to have to give me, you know, some people to follow me. So I had this vision. I've taken off, and I took off, and I got going, and I looked back, and nobody was behind <laughs> You know, like Maxwell says, if you if you're taking off and nobody's following you, you're not a leader. You're just taking a walk. Yes, uh, that's a good word.
0: I could use that on my Green Lines podcast.
1: Yeah, I said, now God, you've got to give me uh, some followers. And it's, I said, how am I going to get them? He said, it's like a tuning fork. You send the message, speak the message, and those that have like calling, like vision, will be like that tuning fork. They'll vibe. And I I found it so many times at our big conferences, people come and say, I feel like I'm among my own company. And after I wrote the book on Prophets and Personal Prophecy, people read that and said, I tell you, I I thought it was crazy. I kept hearing the voice of God, felt God wanted me to speak the word, but nobody did it. And your book explained it and clarified it for me.
0: Which book were they referring to?
1: Prophets and Personal Prophecy. Okay.
0: Is that book still available? Yes. Where can we find it?
1: It's ChristianInternational.org.
0: ChristianInternational.org. For that book,
1: yes, great. Peter Wagner said that uh, you know he got exposed to John Wimber and Paul Cain and some of those, and he and the prophets, but he didn't understand them. He was a teacher there, you know, in the college. And um, he said, But when he read my book on prophets and personal prophecy, it was so scripturally presented and so experientially re- re- exp- expressed that he said he he fully believed in prophets after that. When I spoke for him for the first time in 1995, I said, I'm a I'm a prophet theologian. And he thought, that's a (laughs) contradiction. That's good. (laughs) Maybe in your past teaching, he couldn't be, but I am a follower of the word of God and and I'm knowledgeable in the word and, and that's one thing that I appreciate around the world, we're not only known for the prophetic, but for ethics, accountability, and the balance in presentation of truth.
0: That word balance, that's so key in a prophetic ministry.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I tell people it's not hard to activate people in the prophetic, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, 31, Paul said, you may all prophesy one by one. So everybody can be prophetic. And I explained that there's five levels of the prophetic. Revelation nineteen ten says, the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy i said that level anybody can move into the second level is the gift of prophecy first corinthians 12 10 then the third level is prophetic presbytery where ministers get together lay hands on a person ordain them and prophesy them and call in in ministry then the fourth level is prophetic preaching that's what i do a lot when i go on a sunday morning i don't preach my favorite subject or teach my favorite message but God says, get the word that I'd give if I was there. So I take him with me and give that word. Wow. <laughs> and then the the fifth level is the office of a prophet. Everybody that prophesies is not a prophet, but everybody can prophesy.
0: It's an interesting differentiation. I see in your notes that you've taught over 250,000 students in the prophetic. Yeah. How do you teach prophecy?
1: What I used to do, I'd go into different churches. I remember I was in this big assembly of God in, up in Greensboro, Cal- uh, Carolina's and um, I got them all activated in Word of Knowledge and Word of Wisdom, prophesying, and I was there for about a week, got them all activated and come back six months later and they're right back where they were before. And I thought, Lord, uh, this not sticking, how come? He says, pastors need a manual. And so I wrote a 300-page manual on ministering spiritual gifts, activating people in the prophet. and then we have about 50 to 60 activations. It's not uh, ours is unique in that you don't just learn by hearing. it's not the hearing of the word, it's the doing and you, and those who, by reason of use have their minute have their senses exercised to discern true prophecy from a false prophecy from imagination to revelation and all that. So we teach and train people by doing. so we get them activated, flowing and we've activated and trained over 250,000 around the world. And we have schools in Russia, China, uh, on every continent. We have a headquarters and people moving and teaching and training people in the prophetic.
0: So did God just lay this on you one day as a, a ministry to say, I want you to raise up prophets? Did you feel that
1: anointing? Yes. In fact, uh, he gave me the revelation on Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, which says, Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the great and terrible day the come of the Lord, and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers. But But then he said, as I raised up John the Baptist to prepare the way for Christ, the Messiah to come, so now I'm raising up a company of prophets to prepare the way for the king of kings, the Lord of lords, to return. But there are certain things that have to be fulfilled and accomplished before he can come. And now you got the prophets that are to rise up and start prophesying and revealing with revelation. God's the apostles and prophets, according to Ephesians 3, 3 through 5, that have the anointing for revelation of things that's coming and God's going to do. So we begin to prophesy that and preach that. And um, in 1988, we had the prophetic movement birthed at our conference and god caught me up in a heavenly vision and i saw in a the spirit these company of prophets raising up and and they're like a big baby and god said would you take a father role and carry this baby forth and bring it forth and he showed me other camps of prophets would be raised up so i said yes lord and we started teaching and training equipment i'd been doing it but we really got interest more intense and now we've trained over thousands around the world uh, we have three levels i talk about we try to make every fivefold minister prophetic. You know, if we hear the voice of God, minister in the gifts of the Spirit. When we say prophetic, we're talking about the supernatural message.
0: Maybe you could coach me a little bit. I want to tell you about a problem. I pastored for 10 years and just preached my last sermon a couple of Sundays ago, last sermon in, in Tulsa. And now that I'm here in Orlando, I miss my church. I'll say that very clearly. But a uh, relatively small church, and I'm feeling like when you move in words of knowledge, you move in the prophetic, with people you've been pastoring for 10 years and not a lot of new faces. I love to go to a new church. I feel I can move in the spirit more openly. I feel freer. Well, explain what's going on in my heart when I'm worried about head knowledge getting in the way of the prophetic.
1: Well, I tell people that the clearest words you can get is with a stranger. To separate natural knowledge from revelation knowledge. But I I, I never prophesied over in my family for 15 years because too close, you know. I think I prophesied to my wife a few times. She prophesied to me a lot.
0: And you listened.
1: (laughs) Somebody asked me one time, said, uh, Bishop, what does the voice of the Lord sound like? I said, it sounds a lot like my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You're wise. (laughs) uh, But, you know, uh, it's easy to get people activating the prophetic what the challenge is to get them to use wisdom and discretion in the way they say their words, because you just can't blast out every thought that comes to your mind. No, you got to say it in just the right way, with the right finesse, with the right grace.
0: So I held back. I would sometimes feel as though I heard from the Lord, but I'd be afraid to move in it because I knew them so well. I knew their condition.
1: Yeah. Well, after, after all this time now, when we get together, my son and daughter had pastored our headquarters <laughs> church for 30 years. My oldest son's a CEO of our five ministries and my daughter's a manager. But we get together, we prophesy to each other. They prophesy to me, I prophesy to them. They're just another person. I got word down. You learn to recognize the voice of the Lord. And you know you're not it's not natural knowledge. And if you do have if it's connected to natural knowledge, you know you've got a revelation on that natural knowledge that applies.
0: A revelation on natural knowledge. That's good. I haven't heard that. So how do you check the Lord? I've I've had a prophet lay hands on me once and and before the prophecy said, I want you to check the Lord with this. I want you to check on it to see if the things that I'm about to say to you are true, because the burden is on you to check. I'm just going to tell you what I see and what I feel in the Spirit. How do you feel about that,
1: Bishop? Well, there's some truth to that, but you have to balance it out a little bit. Well, After I wrote the book on the Prophets, the of the prophets and the Prophetic Movement was birth. I wrote the book on Prophets and the Prophetic Movement and then i wrote the book on prophets pitfalls to avoid and principles to practice and that trilogy is what we use teach and train and equip people besides the manual for ministering spiritual gifts and uh, people say well i don't witness to that i said you don't witness with your head or your doctrine you witness with your spirit yes. he says my spirit bears witness and i said if i pro- prophesied to a catholic uh, and they're a devout catholic and i said something about mary not to be worshiped or adored You know, they're not going to witness. You know, if I prophesy to a good Baptist and you just speak in tongues, they're done. (laughs) They're not going to witness. You know, see, so you don't witness with your head and you don't witness with your doctrine, you witness with your spirit. And I remember one time I uh, I was in Pennsylvania and this pastor had me prophesying over all of his elders and they were in a row there and this great big old Dutch elder was there and I laid my hands on him, reached up and touched him, and I started prophesying to him and all of a sudden, I felt his head going, boom, 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 you know, and I opened my eyes, and I was describing some things he was going through and some attitudes and adjustments God wanted to make in his life, and he was going, no, 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 and the pastor was right behind him going, yes, 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 you know, and so, you know, in other words, sometimes we don't witness or we don't want to hear the word. Or we
0: want to hear something that maybe a false prophet would deliver, telling you exactly what you want to hear. Yeah, Ezekiel says if
1: you go to a prophet with a idol in your heart or or lustful desire or in order to desire that God will have the prophet prophesy what you want to hear so that you get your what you want. When you're not honest and sincere before God. God says, no.
0: I know you've hit such a ministry with other pastors. How do you teach them to begin to trust the prophetic? I think there's a trust breakdown here in 2015 and probably has been for a lot of years that, that maybe they don't trust their own voice, their own word, and maybe don't trust others uh, who prophesy.
1: Well, it, it, that's the reason our training helps good. We, we take people in. I remember our first started training had 150 ministers there. I was training them and I was teaching them. And I remember this this had the five from Ohio, they call it the five. And they were there and I was teaching them the pitfalls. And uh, I used some character and after two days, they came and said, we don't even feel like we're qualified. To do anything <laughs> you know because i've shown all the requirements and the life and the character we should have with that but what we teach on this start we start on the first level i tell people well, okay we're gonna like this last night i activated the group and i said my first activation was you're just gonna pray in tongues for about a minute i want you to, and we have one to one we stand on first peter 4 10 where it says as you've received the gift even so minister the same one to another by the manifold grace of God. If you receive the gift of Christ in you, receive the gift of Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ, Corinthians 2.16 says, I said, we're gonna ask Jesus to give us a thought for our fellow man and that will bless him and it's evocation, exhortation, comfort, cheer you up, stir you up, you know, and build you up in God. And I said, now don't drop your pile down too deep and say, mm, I see you going in a motel room, that's not your wife you're going in with. We just will up here this effort. And I said, now when you're ready to share, we don't want to blame God for anything we're about to do. We just want to believe it's God. I said, so I don't. I don't want you to say, thus saith the Lord, or God showed me the Spirit revealed. I don't want you vibing and shaking. I just want you to say, okay, here's what I received. Here's what I heard. Here's what I got. And share it with them. So we start off on that level. Then after several sessions, they say, okay, now you got to take responsibility when you feel like you've got a word of the Lord. So we say, you lay hands on this person. Say, my son, my daughter, thus saith the Lord. Now take responsibility that it's the Lord. We let their faith build, and they see it, and they then, we, then they prophesy to a person. I'll say, now, did, did you receive that word? Would that make sense to you? Uh, was there anything you didn't understand? Well, I didn't understand this. Um, and then I'll ask them, what did you feel? Well, they said, I... I felt, I heard the word baby, but you prophesied she's going to have a baby. She doesn't want to have a baby. And it's She just lost a baby. I said, don't assume that you hear a word. Don't. I said, you won't miss it on the words you get. You miss it on interpretation and application.
0: And timeliness, isn't timeliness an issue? A prophet doesn't know time. Is that true? Well, yeah, you, you're just looking out, you know, whether it's
1: a mountain 10, 50 miles away or a house, you know, over there. You don't always get the timing. And God's not in the timing business. I, I had one prophet every time he prophesied. He had six months, eight months, um, I said, you got to get away from that timing how much because most of it didn't come to pass. And I've had, I've had words that gave times, and it didn't come to pass in that time. And it did come to pass, but not the time they gave. And I said, only about three or four places that God put a time limit. 70 years, Israel in captivity. You know, Moses, I mean, God told Abraham, his children to be 400 years down in slavery, or down in Egypt, you know, and, and a few times, but God, I find that, I tell people, there's an area where God is stingy. I said, on um, details. He just says, David, you're going to be king. <laughs> 17 years later, he becomes king of Israel, mm-hmm. But boy, does he go through a lot in between.
0: And God wants our faith, you know, not our calendar. You know, he wants our faith. Bishop, tell me the difference. I know it's very subtle, but between a, the word of knowledge and a prophecy, when a man lays hand and says, he gives me a word of knowledge. Isn't that the same thing, roughly? It's a little different.
1: When I lay hands on a person as a major prophet and prophesy to him, it's the anointing goes with it that sets things in motion. It actually, when the word goes forth and doesn't return void, It sets things in motion and begins to make things happen.
0: Do you consider the prophet's word a word that goes forth, as in Scripture?
1: Yes, it's powerful. Now, but saints can get a word of knowledge. I mean, I see this, I sense that, you've got this, oh, that's going on. And that educates your mind and will edify your spirit, but it doesn't have the power of a prophetic word. prophetic word is designed to activate and create and put into motion.
0: But a word of knowledge is more an observation a, a feeling
1: well different people i've talked to get words differently i'm i'm not a seer I'm much i'm i just sense or i when I, people said how do you prophesy see when i've when i first started prophesying in 1973 when god released me in the endless prophetic flow i was in sacramento california and most i'd ever seen prophesied over was about 15 or 20. i thought that was the holy ghost maximum <laughs> But that night, I prophesied the 15 and 20, then I just lined them up for a fire tunnel, you know, and the preachers on both sides, gonna lay hands on them. And the first one I laid the hands on, man, flashes of revelation of what they're going through, God's calling in ministry, I flashed in my mind, and my spirit felt like a volcano trying to erupt. And I said, I got the quota, I said, push it on through. Next one, things, and third one, I thought my volcano was gonna erupt, revelation came, and I asked God, I said, God, uh, I've already had the quota, most I've ever seen prophesied over 15 or 20, I said uh, I'm not believing for this or trying to make it happen do you want me just to prophesy over everyone you give me a word for them. and he spoke to me my, I was raised in Oklahoma he spoke to me in Oklahoma and said yeah boy let her rip and so I just laid my hands over in the next one shut my eyes one by one 85 people came through and I prophesied over every one of them finished at 2.30 in the morning and then a few weeks I thought it was just one time phenomenon a few weeks later I was in Susquehanna Valley in Pennsylvania had 150 people come together and I'm some charismatics and Pentecostals came together and I started laying hands on them after I preached and prophecy, prophecy and three o'clock in the morning I finished with the 150th person. And thereafter for next 10 years, everywhere I went, I'd be prophesying one, two, three o'clock in the morning. I think the most ever did was congregation of 700. I did in about 12 hours.
0: Well, you learned to sleep late during that season.
1: Yes. You can't do that by getting up in the morning and preach again. (laughs) No.
0: Bishop, tell me a little bit. I'm just curious how you as a prophet, a major prophet, how do you feel as you see the things that are going on in the world now here in 2015? How has prophecy changed and what you're hearing come from you in the prophetic? What are you feeling in your spirit is the change that's occurring? And where are we headed?
1: What do you see? Yeah, well, several things. Um, my main anointing is seeing the past, present, and future moves of God. My books cover all the nine restoration movements from the Protestant, the evangelical, the wholeness, divine healing, Pentecostal, to charismatic, to faith, to prophetic, apostolic. And the Lord showed me in 2008 that we'd entered the third and final church reformation. That's when I wrote this book on the third and final church reformation. And each the first reformation was the birthing, establishing, and spreading the church to the ends of the earth. The Second Reformation was the end of the thousand years when all truth was lost or formalized into dead works, and uh, God began to move, and Martin Luther and John Knox and others got the revelation of justification of faith and came, came against the the dead religion of that hour, and they were called protesters, and we came began to be called the Protestant movement. And so that started the second reformation, which the purpose was to restore back into the church all truths and ministries that were lost during a dark age. And then in 2007, we had the saints movement. Then 2008, the third and final church reformation was begun. And that is the purpose of restoring all the rest, but also Restoring all things that have lost by the fall of man. And it gives a different perception because in my dispensationalism, the only thing you look forward to is a rapture and go to heaven. But see, evangelicals and Pentecostals see no purpose for the church except to win more church. But God's raised up the church for a purpose. The church is the body of Christ, God's delegated authority for fulfilling his purpose on earth. And as I was studying out the restoration of the church, I started in 1959, preaching on it. I kept asking the Lord this, Lord, why are you restoring the church? Martin Luther got us justified the faith, and born again, we could go into heaven. And then we had evangel. you know, got the Anabaptists in 1600, got us baptized in one of the... J- Wesleyan Westland Methodist got us wholly sanctified, and then the A.B. Simpson got us healed in the body with the Divine Healing Movement. Then the Pentecostals got us filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the Lateran Charismatic Movement uh, got us praising God and laying on the hands and prophesying. And then the Faith Movement got us out of the old bondage of monastic orders that poverty and spirituality had something in common that God mm-hmm. wanted us to be in health and prosperous, or Robert stuff. And then we had the prophetic and apostolic in the 80s and 90s, and that got all fivefold ministers restored. So I knew when all five were restored, we could have a saints movement. So we had the saints movement in 2007, which means that, and the seven mountains started to be taught that God is going to raise up kingdom influencers in all cultures, business, government, education, God, until, see the church has to keep demonstrating the kingdom like it says in Matthew 24, 14, the gospel of the kingdom shall be demonstrated in all nations for witness and demonstration of the Lordship of Christ. Then the end shall come. So God is going to raise up kingdom demonstrators in every area, government and education, business, and all of that, all seven mountains, we call it. And the thing that really shook me up one day when I read Matthew 25, 31, and it said the first thing Jesus is going to do when he comes back, he's going to set, on the throne of his glory and separate the goat nations from the sheep nations. Now, he didn't say he's coming to make them goat or sheep nations. That means every nation before he returns has to be a goat or sheep nation. Now, that means there'll be more than Israel that's a sheep nation. Good word. Changes your whole eschatology a lot there. It
0: does. It hurts my head to think about
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) All all I'm hearing
0: is about end times. Every every prophet says that's where we are, and uh, it's gloom and doom. Look at America. Look at the fall and i'm looking for the heavenly outpouring of miracles let me tell you every
1: contact every prophet apostle i know of around the world are all saying we're on the edge of the greatest move of god the greatest glory i've been saying it for years everybody's saying it now but i tell people there's three things that have to dovetail together for the coming of the lord everyone's got to come to fullness one uh, ephesians 4:13 says the church must come to fullness uh the israel must come to prophetic fulfillment there are scriptures they're not God's spiritual people, but they are still God's natural nation for demonstrate that they're his people so people know that he's God like he did in Egypt. He got himself a reputation, you know? And um, so there's still, I still there's some to do away with Israel. I still believe there's prophecies to Abraham about Israel that's got to yet to be fulfilled and all of them. That's got to be fulfilled. And the third is, God told Abraham, said, you can't possess Canaan yet because you're just a family. You're not a nation. So your people's got to go down to Egypt and become a nation, then they'll come back. And secondly, the sin of the Amorites is not yet full. God came down to see if Sodom and Gomorrah was as wicked as as it was reported to him, and it was, and He wiped them out. So three things have to dovetail together. Israel's got to come to fullness. The church has got to come to fullness, and the cup of iniquity of the world has to come to fullness. So I tell people, don't get don't get excited. They're nervous about the world getting worse. It's going to get worse. But it's not as bad as it was in the days of Rome. We're not being crucified and, and burned at the stake and eaten alive. I said, it's it's, it's common stuff. Look for the, coming, for the coming of the glory and the power and the majesty, the glory of the Lord like never before. I don't look at the world's conditions. Don't worry about them. I want to see the church and the glory of the church, Lord.
0: Amen. Preach that, sir. Amen. We're near the end of our time for this uh, show, but I don't want to leave without us letting you talk just a little bit. I, I want our people to hear what you have as resources. Tell us just a little bit about what you have available that will help us to understand some of what you've had to say to
1: us today. Well, I have the, my first book is called The Eternal Church, and it covers the origination of the church, the deterioration of the church, then the restoration of the church, and the ultimate destiny of the church. And I had to upgrade it back in, I finished it in 81. Now I had to upgrade it in 2000 to put the prophetic apostolic movement in there whatever movement the prophetic apostolic restored more truths and ministry than any other move of gods since martin luther day and protestant movement so now i'm gonna have to write another chapter for the third reformation (laughs) you know and um, so i have that then have a trilogy on the prophetic that we've trained people around the world and my book on prophets and personal prophets has kind of become the bible on the prophetic and standard for it around the world these three books we have Bible college courses. We have teaching manuals, training on it, and then we have Apostle Prophets, coming moves of God. Really talks about the apostolic and the five-fold ministry. And then I have the Day of the Saints book that really talks about the Saints movement and the and the ministers in the marketplace. God raising up everybody in every area, and that uh, uh, saints can be membership ministry in in the body of Christ out in the world. And uh, one minister told me, he said, you can't call them ministers. as well, we'll call them kingdom influencers or whatever you want. But I said, I, I don't have access to any more than they do. I said, can a minister in a marketplace, in government or business, I said, can they be born again? Yes. Preacher need to be born again. Yes. Can I be baptized in the water? Yes. Born filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Rehab your own Bible. Read the Word of God. Yes, yes. I said, there's not a thing that I, as a po- bishop in, the, in a pulpit, have that they can't have. I said they can demonstrate the kingdom, they can be. And we too long have made the preacher up here and the lay people down here, we're one, we just got different positions. And that doesn't do away with five full ministers or pastors or heads, but it does make every saint to be a kingdom inventor. They're ministers. They're ministers. And then we have a manual for ministry and spiritual gifts. So we have training seminars where we train people all the people that need to be trained
0: how, how can i find those the <laughs> christian we have a
1: website there and we, and we have them and all of our churches around the world pretty well trained now people in the we have them in every continent and throughout the united states they do training but the christian national and Santa rosa beach florida uh we train and equip about every month people in different levels of the prophetic and everybody if they want to hear the voice of god learn to be a voice of God for to others, they need to be trained and equipped to do it properly.
0: Is that training available online? Do,
1: do they come to a course? may come to a course, but we also have some online stuff too.
0: Okay, Well, Bishop, what a pleasure it is to have you in the studio and with your guest. I pray the blessings of God be upon you and more than that, upon your ministry. May it spread and grow and prosper. Thank you for your support of the Charisma Podcast Network. We've been visiting with Bishop Bill Hammond, you can find his work and his great work and his books and all of his resource materials at christianinternational.org. That's christianinternational.org. Thank you very much for joining Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network.